Hey friends, we are here today with a question that you actually posed for us in our group. I can't be more excited to talk about homeschooling and how we can feel a little like we're falling short and not giving our kids everything we need to give them. And I hope we can hit on that and give you some perspective on what it looks like to build a business while also homeschooling and while also saying no to a lot of things. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. So it's me, Lacey, and Drew. Hey, friends. So we're really excited about this question. Linda in our group actually asked, really, she said, it's not so much a question as a feeling. She just feels like she's not doing enough for her girls, not doing justice by them and meeting all their needs and giving them all the things that they deserve in a homeschooling way. And I think this feeling is felt generally across the board. She also says she's working from home. And so I think that, and building a business, I think that as business owners and entrepreneurs, that's something that we probably struggle with sort of regardless of if we're homeschooling, but especially if we're homeschooling alongside that. And this is something that Drew and I talk about privately, I think probably all the time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I have a lot of dad guilt, even though we both stay at home and we're with our kids 24-7. It's still sometimes, you know, the kids, well, we have a teenager that will sometimes say some kind of mean things and, uh, you know, it just kind of hits a nerve of already some insecurity. Oh, yeah. I mean, teenagers, (laughs) they think they have a lot of good ideas about what we should do as parents. So you kind of have to feel that a little bit. And then you also have to just know that, you know, (laughs) if you care, it probably means you're doing just fine. Right. Yeah. I've seen a lot of parents doing things and, you know, things that not only do I not approve of, but they really don't even consider sort of how their children are going to turn out from everything that they're doing. I mean, there's just, you know, a lot of different lifestyles out there. And I don't want to sit here and pass judgments on anything. But the fact that you're seeking and trying to do your best is really probably the most fundamental proof that you are. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like when we're doing our best we're we really have kind of a good schedule Mm. laid out because kind of reading your comments saying you feel like you're drowning i I know that feeling Mm. and i do think that like having a schedule having a regular routine helps the adults and it helps the children know kind of what what's coming up what's going on Mm. and and setting aside time saying like you know from this time i'm working on my business and working on growing that and telling yourself that, but also telling your children that. Mm-hmm. So that you're focusing then and you're not... The one thing that it hit me a while ago that always kind of haunts my memory is like, I want to be present with them with when I'm with my kids. Like, mm. I don't want to just be there, but not be present. Mm. So really focusing on that. Like, if you're going to build your business, build your business, set that time aside. But then when you're with your kids, be with your kids. Mm. I mean, you see a lot of parents that you know, don't, haven't maybe thought about that or considered that. Yeah. I mean, I think we're living in a day and age where it's really easy to be somewhere else, even when you're sitting next to someone, right? You have a phone in your hands and you're there. You're not 
really in the chair you're sitting in. So that's a major contributor, I think, to this feeling of overwhelm as well, because we kind of are scrolling and scrolling and feeling like we're not achieving enough, we're not doing as much as everyone else, and that is a huge issue. So if you're feeling like that all the time, I definitely encourage some downtime from social media. And it can be hard if you're building a business, because a lot of times we rely on those services to build our businesses. But it's really important, like Drew was saying, with that schedule, when you know what your hours of work are, it's easier to say, okay, that's when I'm working and this is when I'm not. And that may mean setting stricter limitations around your computer slash screen time. And then more really specific times that you're going to be doing the things that you want to do with your children. And, you know, homeschooling doesn't have to look like it does for everyone else. I know that you mentioned co-ops and I know that co-ops can feel like the right thing to do when you're a homeschooler, but we've gone through phases and periods where we haven't done any co-ops. And I'm very, very limiting about what we'll sign up to do because there's so many opportunities for homeschoolers these days. I think one of the worries when we started was that there was just not going to be enough, enough places to socialize, enough opportunities for our kids to learn. And the truth is there's over overwhelming amounts of things that our children could potentially do. But the lifestyle that we want doesn't mean them shuffling around from one activity to the next all day long. It means being home on the farm and doing the bulk of our learning here in process on the farm. So if we go, you know, a week or a month without even cracking open a textbook or one of their curriculum books, I don't really get that bent out of shape about it anymore. It ha it's kind of a constant struggle. But, you know, they're learning side by side with us while we're reading, while we're growing, while we're starting seeds, while we're working with animals, while we're preparing for our markets and our other entrepreneurial endeavors, they're they're like apprentices with us all the time. Whether and, they like it or not. Yeah, I mean, there's an old world style of learning that's so much different than what we think schooling should look like, which is these subjects in, in diverse categories across the board. And when you look back, you know, that's kind of a modern invention in the 19th century. And before that, prior to that, kids grew up and they learned the skills that their parents had. If your parent was a car carpenter, you learned that trade and you carried on that family business. And actually, if you look at a lot of the wealthiest families in the United States who kind of laid the foundation, that's what happened. You had these families who were in the oil industry or in the steel industry or, or in the boat building industry, right? And they started small and it grew over time with generations. And I think that that's something that we've lost and we kind of are looking for this oh, well, my kid needs to know a little bit of the social studies and a little bit of the math and kind of be a mini expert in all of these different things to be quote unquote well-rounded when we're really not giving our children enough focused attention to do the things that we're naturally good at, which it, so it may well be that they actually will be bent in that direction as well. And if we can help nurture them in those things, it maybe we're giving them a superpower instead of just making them mediocre at everything. So I don't know, that's that's a little counterculture. I don't know if it's too yeah, much to wow, swallow. Yeah, <laughs> wow, haven't even told me that before. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but I mean, mm -hmm. I, I agree with it. Generally, I agree with most everything Lacey says. That was tough. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the reality is like, no matter what you're doing, whatever you're focusing on like that, if you do it intentionally, you'll mm -hmm. gain skills that you can be like the child can be successful in life anywhere else. And we always tell people that like our main goal is to release really good, amazing, loving human beings into the world. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of it is just kind of icing on the cake. And I know some people might be like, oh, no, or a distraction. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes I feel like if you're really good at math and SAT scores, but you're terrible at communicating with the person who's standing next to you or making them feel 
good about themselves, then honestly, it's not icing on the cake, you know. Well, at all. I guess my thought was you have to be a good human being. You have to be good first. first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, what, if you can be a good human being and do the rest, and do the rest, and that's even better. But just being a great human being and treating the world with love and kindness. It, That'll get you really, really far in life. We need more of that. We need, yeah, we need more of that. We don't need more mad scientists. Uh, well, and I'll add to that good learning. Like a lot of people are just not really great at learning. A lot of people, and I think this is actually one of the pitfalls of, of modern education is that kids are good at learning enough information to pass a test, but they're not good. And it's more of a memorization. It's a skill to be able to do that. So they develop the skill of test taking and the ones who succeed in a in the system education. And I think really what we need to be focused on is a whole like renaissance of teaching kids how to learn and forgetting about the tests a lot of times. You know, I know that not everyone is on the same page with me when it comes to homeschooling because some people are very, very connected with curriculum and love following that and staying on that schedule. And we just never have been. And I want to release you of feeling obligated to do that because somebody's somebody said that's true and what's good, but they're, you know, probably not right. <laughs> or there's room for, for a different opinion. Well, and so that kind of leads into, I think the next important thing, when, when I generally feel overwhelmed or feel lacking, it's because of comparison. Mm. So I just kind of want to help release that also. Mm. Of Yeah, your homeschool journey is not going to be like right. everyone else's. It's got to be your... And as soon as we kind of came into that, that's, I think, the most powerful is... Mm -hmm. The big thing, I think, is like reading. You know, some kids read early, some kids don't. Mm -hmm. Our kids generally are late readers, but... We kind of have to fight with our kids now to put books down. I mean, uh, they yeah. read all the time. We have to fight. It. So this is like completely contrary to my childhood. We have to fight with them to put books down. I have to ask them to stop practicing piano. I'm like, I, and it, you know, they're not perfect kids by any means. They want screen time just as bad as any other kid. But it's one of those things where once they learn to love to learn, that fire is ignited, right? And that's our goal. I think Charlotte Mason talks about lighting a fire instead of filling a bucket. And that's what we want to do, right? That's our job as a parent. We've I actually did a podcast, a couple that come to mind with other homeschool moms. One in particular is Kalina of the five-hour school week. Uh, was about a year and a half ago, maybe. And she and I talked about de-schooling and how de-schooling is something that we all really need to do from time to time, especially if you're coming out of a public school system at large. But I think even in the homeschool realm, we can get really wrapped up. We can go to the conference and the retreats and the events and see all the things that are available and know about the co-ops and feel like we're dropping the ball in a major way. And I think it's really important that we take a step back and reel back in and take a week off or a month off and de-school and not think about the, the boxes you aren't checking and just really, you know, it's, I mean, like a detox. I think that's powerful because, you know, like even this summer with our kids do ballet and music and mm. three kids in ballet, can be a lot. Thankfully, now it's like literally across the street, so it's not as bad. But, you know, where we had the opportunity to like sign up for more activities, but instead we've taken it off and taken the summer off. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's really refreshing to even just to be at home as a family together and have, you know, kind of just a little bit relaxed time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But the kids sure. need it as much as adults. Yeah, it's like a processing time. You know, their boredom time, it looks like boredom to us, but really it's processing time. And so I don't think we need to fill all of their hours. In fact, I think we're doing them a disservice by doing that. Some of the best memories I have of as a child is having nothing to do and coming up with something 
to do. And so are we giving our kids space for that? And it sounds like you are giving yourself space to do that, or your kids space to do that. And, and that's awesome. And you're doing the same thing because in building your business, that is what you're doing, right? You're taking those skills you learned as a child and applying them. We can never, we don't ever stop learning. So there's never a cutoff of like, okay, your child, you know, wanted to learn chemistry. Well, guess what? When they're 19 and they decide they want to be a chemist and they can learn chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I think that we put all this pressure on ourselves to make sure they get every last thing they possibly could ever be interested in right before they turn 18. But there's just no way that we can possibly do that. So and, alleviate yourself. And if you start your kids now, like Lacey was saying, in loving learning and, mm -hmm. you know, not not hating school, you know, mm -hmm. like most people get out of school and say, I'm never going back. But mm -hmm. if you're, you love learning, then yeah, you'll always be learning more and always be learning new skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, so those are, I think, the huge tips and takeaways that for us as parents, we've learned. I think as a mom, it's something that I have to regularly be telling myself. I'm kind of... And a dad. Well, yeah, I'm more in charge <laughs> of the homeschooling side of things than Drew is. And I think ultimately it's just about releasing that that comparison, those end of grade tests. You know, I mean, it, it feels like it all boils down to those things, but that's really not that important in the scheme of things. And giving your children these other skills to love learning, to love people, to be kind, to be respectful, all of those things are far more important. And I, I'm sure that if you care about what you're doing, then you are doing those things with your parents or with your children. And the drowning thing, I, I think sometimes we are feeling more drowning than other times. Yeah. So I think embracing that there are seasons of that and and then there are seasons that are less stressful and really being on the same page, like Drew mentioned in the beginning with having, a, you know, maybe a weekly meeting, which is what really works well for us. And this is a reminder we need to get back on that and just kind of cover what do we need to do this week? What's on the calendar? So they know what to expect, uh, know when they can get your focused attention. And, and that will make you feel better, too, because you can you have a better grasp and handle on all of the all of the plates. Yeah, and in that weekly meeting, we even like lay out the meals for the week. Yeah, uh, our kids are older, so they each take a night of the week to cook a meal. The younger ones pick a meal, and then Lacey or I end up cooking the meal with them. But either way, I mean that's more time you get to spend with them. Mm -hmm. So the more kind of things you can do like that, the better. And I think really just giving yourself a little bit of forgiveness on it, and then also you know if you're feeling extremely overwhelmed, maybe just take a couple steps back and. You know, like Lacey and I have been working all day where we are now. And I just went out and went for a walk and then came back because, you know, I had that stressful feeling and that just being able to do that just kind of releases that. Reset. Give you new energy. Yeah. 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 That's, I think, where that kind of de-schooling idea comes into play. Yeah. But anyway, Linda, thank you for posing that question. Thank you for being a part of our group. If you don't know what group I'm talking about, it's the Schoolhouse Life with Lacey and Drew on Facebook. We love and appreciate all of you and hope that we provide resources that are useful and inspiring and encouraging. And we would love if you would leave us some feedback, please. If you would jump into iTunes or wherever you're listening and just leave a quick note about how much you enjoy hearing from us and what you're getting from it, we would really, really appreciate it. And we love it when you tag us on social media or tag a friend and us on social media and mm -hmm. just kind of share a podcast episode. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate your help and support. All right. Have a good one.